This is SLAS Technology Podcast. I'm David Pector. Today on the podcast, we have Graham Cooks, Nathan Cousins, and Nicholas Morado to talk about the combined SLAS Special Collection Assay Guidance Manual for Drug Discovery, Technologies That Matter. Graham Cooks is the lead author of one of the articles in the special collection. He is a professor of chemistry at Purdue University, where he's been the advisor to more than 150 PhD students. Research interests in his group include ambient ionization and tandem mass spectrometry methods of analysis of complex mixtures, as well as mass spectrometry methods for cancer diagnostics. Nathan Cousins is a co-editor of the special collection. He is the director of the Molecular Pharmacology Laboratories at the Frederick National Laboratory for Cancer Research, where he leads three teams focused on preclinical drug development to improve the treatment of recalcitrant, rare, and neglected cancers. He's also an associate editor and former editor-in-chief of the Assay Guidance Manual, a growing online ebook of best practices for preclinical assay development and implementation. Nicholas Morado, a co-author with Graham and a PhD candidate in analytical chemistry at Purdue under the mentorship of Professor Cooks, was born in Bogota, Colombia, where he attended Universidad de los Andes and obtained two bachelor's degrees, one in chemistry and one in industrial engineering. His current research in desorption electrospray ionization, or DESI, has involved the development of label-free quantitative enzymatic assays, the rapid profiling of microorganisms, and the screening of organic reactions to study catalysis and microdroplet phenomena. Welcome to SLAS Technology Podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much. Oh, glad to have you guys. So I'm going to start with Nathan as the editor of the tech side of the special collection. Thank you, David. Let me take a step back and provide some context here. In 2003, the National Institutes of Health Molecular Libraries Roadmap Program was developed to increase public access to small molecule discovery centers with technologies comparable to pharmaceutical companies. This 10-year program required scientists in the public sector to develop assays for high-throughput screening. Now, to promote the success of this public endeavor, Eli Lilly and company released their proprietary quantitative biology manual, which had been developed by more than 100 drug discovery scientists and was used internally to train therapeutic area scientists in best practices of the design, development, implementation, and interpretation of robust assays for preclinical research. Now that information is currently freely available within the National Institutes of Health Assay Guidance Manual. As of yesterday, the current version contains 55 chapters and spans 1,431 printed pages. It's very popular and is accessed by more more than 1,000 times per day. In 2015, we established what we call the Assay Guidance Workshop for High Throughput Screening and Lead Discovery Series. The workshops have included both virtual and live events. The workshop instructors come from academic, government, and private sectors and bring key concepts of Assay Guidance Manual to life using their own examples. And this was really the idea behind the special collection, which spans both the journals 
of SLAS discovery and SLAS technology. The 10 articles of the SLAS discovery special issue have a focus on best practices for assay design, development, and data analysis, as well as specialized assays for lead discovery and target validation. Now, clearly advancements in technologies play a fundamental and driving role in advancing assay methods and in turn drug discovery. And therefore, a major component of assay guidance workshop content is typically focused on the latest technologies. And that's why we included the special collection in SLIS technology that we are focusing on in this podcast today. The articles in this special collection include an original research article by Rosalia Gonzalez and colleagues, which provides recommended best practices in compound management and handling for researchers performing biological assays. Another original research article by Sam Elder and colleagues focuses on remote controlled autonomous bioassay optimization using um, Bayesian statistical approaches. The third article, co-authored by Graham and Nicholas, describes exciting new applications of desorption electrospray ionization mass spectrometry for high-throughput synthetic chemistry, chemical reaction screening, and label-free biological assays that are amenable to high-throughput screening. So if we take a look at that article, Automated High-Throughput System, combining small-scale synthesis with bioassays and reaction screening. Maybe, Graham, you could tell us about the key element within it, which is the Purdue Make It Automated System. Yes, I'm glad to do that. I'll start by simply saying that the key driver for that article and for the work that we've done on high-throughput screening is the DESI experiment that you've already referred to, Dave. Um, And so this is an experiment in which one creates ions for mass spectrometry by spraying solvent at the sample of interest. It's an extremely simple method. There's no workup of the sample. And so, for example, it can be applied to looking at brain tissue during brain surgery, which is one of the applications uh, that we've also explored. Having an ability to examine materials at a surface using these spray droplets allows one to cause reactions between two reagents as the droplets move to the mass spectrometer. This is a phenomenon known as accelerated reaction at interfaces, and the rates of those reactions are very fast. And so it was a quick and an easy move for us to go from studying tissue and imaging of tissue by DESI mass spectrometry to setting up a system in which individual samples were arrayed and the results of their interaction were studied in this DESI spray droplet formation process. We got funding from DARPA, in fact, to establish an automated reaction screening system Uh, and aimed for the fastest screening that was possible and ended up at about one second per reaction mixture. So that allows us to do 6,000 some reaction mixtures in time on an order of an hour and to explore the conditions which maximize product yield and minimize impurity. 
And that information comes simply from mass spectrometry with this desionization generating the droplets, which are in fact the reaction vessels. So the reactions are done on a very small scale, uh, typically on the order of a few nanograms total material, 50 nanoliters. And the time of the entire experiment then is on the order of one second per reaction mixture. The, the scanning, which involves moving a plate underneath a spray of solvent droplets, that is the DESI experiment, uh, is automated and the data acquisition, which is the recording of the mass spectra is automated. And so perhaps Nicholas could talk a little bit about the extension of the reaction screening capability to a bioassay capability as described uh, in our joint paper. Yes, once you think about organic reactions, you think about enzymatic reactions, really, if you take the enzyme out of the equation, you're just looking at how chemicals pass from reagents to products. So if we were able to demonstrate the capabilities of this platform to screen normal organic reactions, really screening the enzymes was just a matter of having to deal with this complex mixture which you typically have buffers, you have salts, you have detergents, then you add protein, which is your enzyme. Then you have to analyze that directly if you don't want to lose time in sample preparation or purification. And really, that's something that we were able to do thanks to DESI. So DESI is a method that gives you high salt tolerance that allows you to analyze very complex mixtures, for example, tissue directly, without really having you to purify anything at all. You can just put your bioassay quench it if you want to control the time and analyze it right away. And that is a capability that I think people that do biochemistry on their day-to-day -day appreciate even way more than people like us that do mass spectrometry, because once they realize that they can do all their assays without having to worry about having to couple another enzyme to get an output, having to use a different substrate that gives a color at the end, that is really a game change for them. And that is, I think, what also motivates us to push forward this technology. What does it take to become capable in DESI? Electrospray is a very, very widely used analytical method. It's by far the most commonly used ionization method in mass spectrometry. So there's not a lab in the country uh, that does any kind of bio biological analysis or chemistry actually that doesn't have an electrospray ionization source. In DESI, one sprays pure solvent at the sample. So the sample in DESI is typically a solid or a, a liquid film. It's a condensed phase sample. It's not the solution which is sprayed, but it is what the solvent is sprayed at. And so that spray process creates secondary droplets, which include the material from either the reaction mixture, if you're looking at high throughput screening, or from the tissue section, if you're looking at the materials that different positions on uh, some suspect uh, human tissue, for example, the brain cancer smear. That's the DESI experiment. So it's available virtually without cost. It's a very, very simple uh, approach. And of course, 
there's a mass spectrometer associated with it, but it can also be a simple kind of a mass spectrometer. So a lot of the work that we initially did on our high throughput screening system, this Purdue Make It system, uh, the automated system used a very simple iron trap mass spectrometer by Thermo. And in fact, we have several of those instruments. More recently, we've bought them on eBay for 40K. Okay. So it's 40K <laughs> plus 2K for the sprayer, and you've got a DESI system. There's a, a, the, the expense in, in, in the system that we put together with DARPA's support, the initial system, uh, the expense was very largely in the robotic control system. Where do you think people will say this technique has a lot of leverage that we we're, it's, it's a natural thing to pursue? How does one take a technique which has got some demonstrated unique and powerful capabilities and, and spread it? One way, of course, is to get the methodology introduced uh, into uh, agencies like NIH. And so we, in fact, are hoping uh, to have a joint program within NIH uh, where a system like this would be placed in an intramural lab. Another way is to set up collaborations with pharmaceutical companies. And we're in the process of doing exactly that with several pharmaceutical companies and national labs as well. So the, the system is not going to be adopted on the basis of reading a paper, uh, even a, an excellent paper like the ones that are in SLAS discovery or SLAS technology. It's much more likely to be implemented if people have the opportunity to have their own samples examined, to have small scale projects done and so we've set up our make it system as, an, as essentially a facility, which can be used by people at Purdue, people in the region, and in fact, people anywhere at all. Um, we're also uh, working with a manufacturer to develop a fully capable DESI high throughput automated screening bioassay and synthesis, small-scale synthesis system. All three of those capabilities we've, we've mentioned briefly in this discussion. The reaction screening is straightforward. We're looking at, on a very small scale, at what the best conditions are for producing a particular product, for example, a particular drug. You do that experiment on the nanogram scale and the second time scale for each reaction, and then those conditions are transferred into flow synthesis or into further scale up. And we have uh, several examples of drugs which are in phase two clinical trials at the moment, where the DESI experiment suggested the conditions to be used for key transformations. So that's one area of application. A second area of application then is the bioassay. And I think that's really powerful. Uh, we're getting Michaelis Menten plots in about 25 minutes with two or 3,000 different samples with coefficients of variation of better than 10%. And I, I think, and with, with the total time involved, 
um, being those 25 minutes for the for the for the measurement of those two or three thousand samples. And I think that's high quality uh, enzyme kinetic work. The, the last area, which we've not talked much about, is the fact that this DESI experiment generates new chemicals. Small scale reactions generate new chemicals and they're analyzed by mass spec. They can also be collected. And so the collection of small amounts of materials, which are the result of some small scale reaction, can allow that material to be subject to bioassay. And so the whole sequence then is, let's find how to make compound X. Let's try these reagents under these conditions and try thousands of different combinations. Select the best combinations, make the new compound in nanogram quantities, collect that, but know what we've collected from the mass spec online automated analysis, and then do the bioassay in the way in which Nicholas just explained. So what are your future plans for the Make It system? Um, we're, the, the plan is, it, it's already being implemented to turn it into a facility and then to replicate it using actually somewhat cheaper liquid handling uh, instrumentation. So we can, we can create a system with the same capabilities, in fact, better capabilities at about half the cost that it took to build the Make It system. Nicholas, if we turn to you again, maybe you can tell us about the environment for instrument research at Purdue. Sure, I think I'll answer from, from my, my personal experience uh, before letting uh, Professor Cook stack along, which he has been a, a key part of pushing Purdue as, as a, basically a university that advances instrumentation in, in analytical sciences. So for me, um, Coming from Colombia, my university is not as small, but I, I think we had a couple of instruments available, and a couple is probably two, uh, for the whole department. Moving here to Purdue, where not you, you don't only have a huge number of instruments, people don't have to fight for them, um, but also seeing that people open their instruments, that they modify them, that they take these commercial products and that create something completely different with some awesome capabilities out of something that, that they bought or even that they built from scratch miniature instrumentation. That for me was, was something that I didn't even think was possible, but here is something that people do every day. And you really don't have to be an electrical engineer to do it because you have facilities and you have centers on campus that help you and, and that push your projects forward which one of them is, is the Center for Analytical Instrumentation Development, which pushed a lot of, of the development of miniature mass spectrometers and also the development of this high throughput DCMS system, but also the Jatanami facility for chemical instrumentation. Um, There's the Department of Chemistry, which really is, is, is a, a core resource for the whole analytical division and probably for the whole department and the whole university because they provide you expertise and, and the skilled personnel to do electronics, to do mechanical engineering, to do software development, and all those things that probably you as, as a chemist are not completely skilled on, but that you can ask for help and you really push your projects forward faster and, and much better than what you may be able to do by yourself. 